You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, kitties, and welcome to my world. I would come over and say hello to you, but it's just as easy for you to come to me. Yes, yes, come in. You've come to the right place. This is where you'll learn everything there is to know about your furry feline friends. I'm talking about cats. Yes, I know. We are positively perfect pets. What do you mean I have attitude? Why, of course I do. I'm a cat. It's called Catitude. As I was saying, this show is all about cats. Cats and... Um, oh, yes, uh, cats. So let me introduce you to my accomplice, I mean assistant and host of Catitude, Tom Doc. Okay, Tom, tell them how wonderful we cats are. It's okay, you have my permission. Welcome back to the Catitude channel on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Tom Doc, and as always, it is my pleasure to be here with you today and talking about all things feline. Today, we're going to focus in a little bit on another type of mutation in cats, uh, mutation of the hair this time. We've talked a lot about different mutations of colors and, and short tails and how they get white feet. Well, today, we're going to actually talk about these wavy-haired Rex cats, and I tell you, this was a a big challenge for me and actually quite a bit of fun. If you've read my bio, you know how much I enjoy research and how much I enjoy investigation. And since I've not ever had a Rex cat, I of course had to do a lot of research to find out a little bit about them. And I've only seen a couple in the veterinary hospital and you know they're very interesting and very unique looking cats, but I didn't really think much about them at the time as far as, you know, how did this happen? I tell you, the research that I found there are a lot of Rex cats out there, and there may be more on their way. It's uh, it's very interesting, and I'll give you some websites to go to. Um, before we get into that today, I don't know when you're listening to this, of course, because I record these all ahead of time. But this week, I was listening to the news, and something caught my ear about you know people staying inside and keeping their pets indoors also. And of course, I thought it was a story about heat stroke, and since I write for the Veterinary News Network... I wanted to turn and see if it was the story that we had written and we had produced. And I turn around and it's showing my boss's hometown. And they're talking about an African lion roaming loose in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Absolutely amazing to me. Now, here it is several days later. This was early in the week on a Monday. And it's several days later now. And I've not heard any follow-up on it. Whether they thought maybe it was just a big dog or what the situation was. You can see some of the pictures if you go to RockyMountainNews.com or FoxNews.com, you can actually see a picture that somebody took from the highway with their cell phone. And, you know, since they said it was a lion, I think I was a little preconceived to believe it was a lion in the picture, but I can also understand how somebody would look at the picture and think that it was a big dog. But they also had pictures of the tracks that the creature made, and they had a pencil a full-length pencil alongside of this track across the wide part of the track, and this paw print was as wide as that pencil was long. So that's a pretty big animal, probably bigger than any dog. Well, short story now is they haven't found this lion yet, but I just thought, you know, here, we're talking about cats. (laughs) Let's talk about wildcats for just a second. But we're going to talk more about our domestic little buddies here, especially the Rex cats. And we're going to focus in on three breeds today. The Devon Rex, the Cornish Rex, and the Selkirk Rex. 
although there are many other Rexes out there, and we'll mention that as we get towards the end of our half hour today. But before we do, let's make sure that we hear from our sponsors. They are very important in making sure that Pet Life Radio can continue to be cast out to all of you. Also, before we do that, let's say hi to a couple people who have been emailing me. Jennifer, I know that um, you have emailed me, and you actually may have an interest in today's show, because we are going to be talking about the Rex cats, and you were looking for or asking about hypoallergenic cats. And as you'll find out, these cats aren't hypoallergenic, but we can talk a little bit about things that you can do to make sure that you aren't bothered as much by the dander and saliva coming off of your cat. Also, just wanted to say hi once again um, to my Berman friend out there, Sherry. Sherry, I hope that everything's going well with you. I'm glad that you enjoyed the Berman podcast. And for all of you, if you want to say something, find out more about a breed, ask about a particular concern that you have with your cat, please feel free to email us at tom at petliferadio.com. Now, keep in mind, I'm not a veterinarian. I can't answer your medical questions, but I certainly will do my best to get in touch with the pet doctor, Dr. Bernadine Cruz, here on Pet Life Radio, and some of the other people that I'm in contact with through the Veterinary News Network. All right, let's get right to our sponsors because I know we do need to hear from them. Before we go, let's do our trivia question. The Rex cats are named because of their wavy, curly hair, and they're named actually after the Rex rabbits that have a similar type of coat. My question to you is, when was the first time that the Rex terminology was used in rabbits? We'll have that answer and more of our show coming back right after these messages. Do I hear a can being opened? I believe I smell tuna! Catitude will return after these messages. That should give me enough time to investigate what's going on in the kitchen. Don't have a hissy fit. We'll be right back. I love cleaning the litter box, said no one ever. Luckily, there's World's Best Cat Litter, the litter that promises less mess with less litter. Only World's Best Cat Litter uses the concentrated power of corn to quickly trap odors in tight clumps. And quick clumping means you never have to chisel or scrape the box. Less cleanup with less wasted litter? That's a litter bit amazing. Save $2 on World's Best Cat Litter. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. How dare they open a can of tuna and make a sandwich out of it? I can see why some of my celebrity pals prefer lasagna. Well, anyway, I did manage to grab myself the canary while I was in there. Quiet, bird. We're going to hear the rest of my show, Catitude. If you behave, I may not eat you. Until later. Mm. Okay, Tom, you may continue. We are back on the Catitude Channel here at Pet Life Radio. So glad that you're here with us today. And our trivia question was probably a little bit more difficult, probably something that you've never thought about before, but it's just an example of the trivia that stuck in my brain. And that is, when was the term Rex first used to imply a curly or otherwise unusual fur? And it was first used in a rabbit show in Belgium. King Albert of Belgium, he was king from... Uh, 1875 to 1934 entered some rabbits and these were curly haired rabbits 
And the judges, of course, looked at the rabbits and went, gosh, these aren't breed standard. What do we do? You know, it's the king. We can't really offend him. So what they did was alongside the little placard that was announcing which rabbit this was, they wrote the word Rex, which of course is Latin for king. And they accepted them that way, so the Rex rabbit breed was born. And since then, anytime you've got unusual fur or curly-type fur, as we do in the cats that we're going to talk about today, the word Rex has been utilized. So there, taught you a little bit something there about where the Rex terminology came from in cats. Also taught you that, you know, hey, it's good to be king. If you're going to show rabbits, you better be the king. So, all right, let's talk a little bit about the Cornish Rex cats. These were, of the breeds that are out there right now, probably the earliest ones that came about. And these actually, this breed was found in the 1950s, I think actually in 1950, in Cornwall, England. And what happened was a lady, and her name was Nina Enzamore, found this unusual kitten among her cat's litter. Her female cat was just a typical British short-haired type cat, her cat's name was Serena, and she was a tortie and white cat. Now, remember that about tortie and white, because we're going to come back to that in a little bit here. Well, this little male cat was a little cream-colored male, and she noted that his hair was just tightly curled. So he looked like a little lamb, almost. And as he continued to grow, the differences between him and the rest of his litter mates were dramatic as far as body type and, of course, the hair coat. And so she wasn't sure what to do with this little creature. And she thought, well, he's going to be a good little pet. She named him Calabunker and took him to her veterinarian to be neutered, actually. Well, the veterinarian said, hey, you've got something special here. This is not something normal. And so, of course, she's the veterinarian sent Miss Enzimore to a British geneticist. And this geneticist did a little bit of testing and said, hey, why don't you breed Calabunker back to his mother? And when they did, two of the three kittens actually had the same curly hair as Calabunker. So what we are dealing with here was a recessive gene. They also bred Calabunker to a bunch of different breeds, Burmese, Siamese, and other British short hairs. And verified that this was indeed a recessive gene. And obviously, you know, Calabunker's having the time of his life. Well, several years later, um, about 1956 or so, Life magazine actually published an article and showed some pictures of Calabunker and one of his kittens. And cat fanciers across the world, of course, jumped up and took notice because this is a brand new, completely new breed. People from here in North America decided to start importing the cats to North America from Miss Ensimore. And the cats that we have here in America, the Cornish Rex cat breed that we have here in America, basically comes from two cats, a blue and white male named Marmaduke and a blue and white female, Diamond of Fantasy. And these are probably the foundation cats of all of the North American Cornish Rexes. Now, while they're getting very excited and getting very popular over here in the 50s and 60s, Back in England, there was a problem. Miss Ensimore was running out of money, and this whole breeding program that she started was basically sucking money out of her. And for those of you out there that think that you want to go into cat breeding because you can sell a kitten for four or $500 and make a lot of money, this is a lesson learned right here. Just like Miss Ensimore, this is a big financial sink once you start looking at the costs of veterinary care, once you start looking at food and the care of the the animals, you really can sink quite a bit of money into it. 
But getting back to Miss Ensimore, what happened, unfortunately, was she actually destroyed several of her cats, including Calabunker. Actually had Calabunker put down, Calabunker's mom, Serena, was put down, and then all of a sudden, we're down to just two males in all of Britain. One was Poldu, who was a blue cream male, very interesting color to be fertile, and actually Poldu was under anesthetic for a procedure to get some tissue samples for research when he was accidentally castrated. Wow, how does that happen? And to make matters worse, kind of to rub salt in the wound, not only did he lose his virility, but they lost the tissue sample that they had gone after in the first place. So I don't know what was happening in that clinic or in that lab, but gosh, they sure made a mess of things. So that left a single breeding male to carry on the breed. And that was uh, Champagne Charlie. And Champagne Charlie is basically the single foundation of the Cornish Rex breed in England at this point in time. So come about 1962, the CFA started registering the Rex cats. They got championship status in 1964. So that's just a little bit of a brief history about the Cornish Rexes. Now, what do these cats look like? And again, if you go to the CFA website, you can see some very nice pictures of these unique-looking cats. And I think that um, one way to describe them, and this actually says it on the CFA website, is to look at them and say that they're a study in curves. And certainly, if you look at them, you see these big curved ears, um, a pointed face, but... With that curly hair and the long body, they really, they look like they're just curved all over. Now, these are cats that have been called the greyhounds of cats because they're dainty and they're small, generally only about six or seven pounds, but they're extremely muscular. They've got that wavy curly hair. In fact, it's been described as washboard waves. It's very short, and you can kind of compare this to cut velvet, Rabbit fur. Some people even say silk. I'm not sure that I would go that far, but definitely the rabbit fur, it feels like. Now, these cats generally don't have guard hairs. Cats generally have three types of hair. The guard hair, the on hair, and then the regular hair. And the guard hairs are completely gone in this cat. Since the cats have come over to North America, American breeders have really emphasized the waviness of the coat, whereas the British breeders have emphasized more of the texture of the coat. When you look at these cats, you often will say, gosh, are they from outer space? They just look so different. It's got a foreign body type similar to a Siamese, but even more of an extreme. Very large ears, and the ears are very high on this little tiny egg-shaped head. So we think about our Siamese with their long noses and everything. It's got that kind of look, but even smaller. These guys can be shown in almost any color, including solids, tabbies, shadeds, even pointed. In fact, um, some of the Cornish Rex that are pointed are actually called Cyrex for Siamese Rex. And just depending on the foundation or the organization that you go to, um, whether or not they can be shown in that Rex category. These are very personable cats. They are people-oriented. They're very affectionate. In fact, some people say that they cling, almost like Velcro. And given the looks of them, you would almost expect that, kind of that Velcro look. They're very inventive with their play. They like the vertical space. In fact, again, being more like greyhounds, they like to run and, and jump up in the air. Very active cats. But they are best suited for indoor living. These are not cats that you want to let go outside to explore the world, uh, mainly because of 
the lack of those guard hairs. They can't really trap any heat. In fact, their body temperature does tend to run on the high side of normal of most cats. There is a condition called follicular dysplasia where the hair does not grow correctly that these cats can have, but otherwise they're very, very generally healthy cats. Now here's the big thing. People want to know, are these cats hypoallergenic? Because, quote, they don't shed. Well, first of all, they do shed. The shedding is very, very minimal. And that's something that I think that you should understand whether you're a cat person, whether you've got dogs at home. None of these animals are truly non-shedders. Some of them shed much less than others. Fur grows in a cycle. Basically, it grows, it's dormant, it dies, and it falls out, and it starts over again. Unlike our hair, which continually grows and needs to be cut. Some dogs and some cats have a longer cycle of their fur where that individual hair may stay dormant for a longer time. Think about your poodles, your shizus, your yorkies. Those animals, the little dogs that need to be groomed a lot, often have a longer cycle in their hair, and so you don't have as much shedding. And that's the same thing with these Rex cats. Because of how tight their hair is, the cycle is longer. It doesn't fall out as readily but it will fall out. And so some people will say, hey, just put a white towel on your lap if you've got a black cat or if you're wearing black and you've got a white Rex cat, you'll see these little hairs that will actually fall out. Not totally true because as far as them being hypoallergenic because people who are allergic to cats are allergic to the dander and the saliva and not necessarily the hair. But certainly they are very easy to groom and so they're gonna make a welcome addition to a household, especially if you've got lots of room for them to run around the house. So that's a little bit about our Cornish Rex breed of cats. Let's flip over and go to the Devon Rex. And these cats have been called the pixies of the cat world. And again, if you see a picture, gosh, you just look at them and you go, wow, is this a cat, a dog, a monkey? Is, you know, what is this thing? Um, Well, let's start about the history first of the Devon Rex. About 10 years after Calabunker was born, here in 1959 in Devonshire, England, again, a single curly-haired kitten was born to a stray cat. Again, the stray cat mother was a tortie and white. Now, this cat's name was Curly, and the owner of this cat held on to the kitten for quite a while until they saw this article that I mentioned earlier showing the only curly-haired kittens in all of England, and they actually called up these people. They said, hey, no we've got one too. And so they went and they took a look at Curly and they took a look at Calabunker. And through breeding tests of Curly, they found that this was not the same mutation as the Cornish Rex mutation. In fact, they really believed it was going to be because Devonshire and Cornwall are right next to each other in England. But this was a totally different mutation. In fact, when they bred Curly back to a Cornish Rex, they had all straight-haired kittens when you would expect all curly-haired kittens with the recessive gene. So obviously they knew they were dealing with something different at this point in time. Even went as far as enough testing went on that they found cats that would carry both genes, both the Cornish Rex gene and the Devon Rex gene. These guys started showing up in the United States about 1968, and it's still a very, very small gene pool. And so you'll see occasionally outcrosses done to American shorthairs or British shorthairs, which are accepted by the CFA. Now, they were shown as part of the Cornish Rex until the 1984. 
and the CFA was when they finally gave them a separate status. They were the last major organization to separate them out um, into their own breed. And that's where the Devon Rex came from. Now, these are a little bit bigger than the Cornish Rex. And my understanding is if you compare the two of them side by side, you've got more of a loose curl on the Devon Rex as compared to the very tight cool of the Cornish Rex. Also, Devon Rexes have all three hairs present beyond the guard and the regular hair. But the guard hairs are very sparse and very short, um, unlike the Cornish Rex, which are supposedly gone altogether. They've got a very short face when you compare them to the Cornish Rex. Again, the same huge ears, very large bells, but very prominent cheekbones. And the biggest thing, if you're looking at two of them side by side, that you're going to see is the Cornish Rex has that long Roman-type nose that you see with the newer Siamese compared to the shorter nose of the Devon Rex. The Devon Rex has more of a stop to the nose, and so you've got like a little break right there. All colors are available. You can see all colors of Devon Rexes in the show, including the pointeds and the solid colors and the tabbies and, and everything like that. And so very interesting, again, as I was doing this research, to find out that a similar mutation or similar-looking cat was caused by a different mutation. But again, very playful cats, very people-oriented and outgoing, like to jump. I understand that the Devon Rexes are a little bit more vocal, a little bit, make a little bit more noise than their cousins, the Cornish Rexes. Um, they're constantly purring, they chortle, they coo, make all sorts of different noises. So if you want a cat who maybe wants to talk with you a little bit more and you're not wanting to deal with a Siamese, Devon Rex might be something for you. Because of their small gene pool and the amount of inbreeding that's been going on, they do have quite a bit of health concerns. They've got a condition called muscle spasticity, which is kind of an inherited myopathy. In other words, uh, problems with the muscles. It is a recessive gene, so they should be able to work it out of their breeding programs eventually. But these kittens, a lot of times, their necks, their heads will be bent down towards their chest because they've just got this hardness to their muscles and of course obviously they don't survive very long there's also a lot of blood type incompatibilities um, so if you've got a devon rex you've got to be careful when they're getting blood transfusion hopefully your cat would never need that but there's a lot of incompatibilities there and they've got a condition called hypotrichosis which is where again like the follicular dysplasia of the cornish rex they just basically have hair that doesn't grow in properly. I like to say a lot of times another term for that, it's not exactly true, but another term is alopecia, where you lose hair where you once had hair. And, you know, on the top of my head, I don't have a lot of hair anymore. So instead of bald, I just call myself alopecic. Anyway, so there's a little story about the Devon Rexes. If you want to learn more about these guys and get more of a detailed history, there is an absolutely wonderful website. Let me give you, spell this out for you real quick. And of course, you can always email me at tom at petliferadio.com if you miss this. But one website is called www.rexrexphynx.dk. This is not an American site. It is in English, though. Um, but it talks a lot about the Rex cats, and that's where I was able to get a lot of uh, history, and it's got some really good pictures on it. And another great place that I think you should visit is www.messybeast.com, just like it sounds, messybeast.com. This lady has put a lot of information on this website. She's got everything from cat genetics to 
big cat sightings to medical curiosities, how to take care of your cat, all sorts of things. Now, I've not been able to go through the entire site and make sure that everything is 100% accurate. But what I read in the history section and some of the things that she talked about in the medical section, to my knowledge, is very, very accurate. And I think it's a site that you probably would enjoy. Again, that's MessyBeast.com. Tell you what, we need to take a real quick break here from our sponsors, and I will be right back. We're going to end up talking about the Selkirk Rex cat and a few of the other Rexes, and I look forward to talking with you in just a few moments. Ooh, do I hear a can being opened? I believe I smell tuna. Catitude will return after these messages. That should give me enough time to investigate what's going on in the kitchen. Don't have a hissy fit. We'll be right back. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your cat tree tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. How dare they open a can of tuna and make a sandwich out of it? I can see why some of my celebrity pals prefer lasagna. Well, anyway, I did manage to grab myself the canary while I was in there. Quiet, bird. We're going to hear the rest of my show, Catitude. If you behave, I may not eat you. Until later. Okay, Tom, you may continue. And we are back at the Catitude Channel on PetLifeRadio.com. This is Tom, and we are talking about the Rex cats today. We've talked about Cornish Rexes, and we've talked about Devon Rexes. Now, the Devon Rexes also, I wanted to mention, also are not a hypoallergenic cat. They are a minimal shedder, like the Cornish Rexes. But truly, if you're allergic to cats, you're probably going to be allergic to these guys as well. Funny thing is, they have developed cats that are missing or have a reduced amount of a protein that causes the allergies in people. And I think last time I looked at them, you could purchase them for about $30,000 if you've got that laying around. And if you've got that laying around, certainly you can send it here to Pet Life Radio and you know maybe we can find the cat for you. Anyway, moving on. Um, so don't trust the any of the Rex cats to be truly hypoallergenic. Finally today, I want to talk about the Selkirk Rex cats. Now, these guys, the breed itself is only about 20 years old. Very interesting because they were first found here in Montana, in here in the United States in Montana in 1987. And if you look at these guys, they look completely different 
from the other two Rexes. Instead of having more of a foreign body, they're heavier boned, kind of like a British short hair. Um, so you'd almost call them a cobby body. Well, they're found in a litter house cats in Montana in 1987. Some reports actually say Wyoming. But when they've done the test crossing and, and the testing of these and the, and the breeding of these cats, they found that this is actually a dominant gene. So here is yet another different gene completely different from the other two that we've already discussed. Now, this was recognized in 1990 by the CFA. Um, again, a very large, heavy bone cat. They're similar to the British short-haired. There are long-haired varieties and short-haired varieties. And these are supposed to be actually, again, very, very fun-loving cats. It's not the type of cat that if you get uptight about how your cat looks that you should probably have because there's going to be a lot of jokes. They're going to say something like, gosh, your cat's got bad hair today because they do have a longer coat. And that's been one of the reasons why you don't see a lot of long-haired Rex cats because the longer hair and the curl just doesn't go together very well. And so people just think that they're kind of unkempt. So although these cats aren't going to win any beauty pageants, the Selkirk Rexes are certainly cats that are very amicable to people. They do love being around people, and they love to be touched because they want to feel how soft and plush this pet truly is. They haven't been around long enough to really know what kind of health problems they have. I've not noticed any in any of my research. So hopefully they don't have any. And again, with some of the outcrossing that they've done with some of the British short hairs and everything, probably are going to be a reasonably healthy cat. One thing probably want to watch for because they have used some Persians in these lines is looking for polycystic kidney disease. And again, remember they've got genetic testing that they can do for that now. So you can test mom and dad and make sure that they don't carry the gene for that disease. Wow. This was, it was absolutely amazing when you went to do the research on all of this. And when I went to a lot of this information, it actually came from the website I told you about, messybeast.com. She's got a whole page on the Rex cats. And they started talking about German Rex cats, Ohio Rex cats, Oregon Rex cats, gosh, California Rex cats. There is just Dutch cats, uh, Bohemia Rex cats, um, another cat that we're going to be talking about in a future show that, because it is a CFA registered cat, is the La Perm, which again, it looks kind of like the um, Selkirk Rex, only not as much of a cobby body type. They've got more of a foreign body type. Maine Coon Rexes, Urals Rexes, Missouri Rexes, Iowa Rexes. It seems like a lot of these mutations are abundant across the world and it's just going to take time to figure out which one of them are actually the same. The German Rex and the Cornish Rex are actually the same mutation. German Rex cats tend to be heavier boned. Um, there is a big movement in Germany right now to bring this breed back. I don't know of anything happening here in the States with this breed, but certainly in Germany they want to bring this cat back. And this goes all the way back to before World War II when the original curly-coated cat was seen in Germany. Also, one thing that, uh, and this person who maintains this website has done a really good job about talking about is, you know, what happens in the future? And if you go to the bottom of the Rex page, there's a cat sitting up. The cat's name is Minskin Pixie Puss. And it's a, it almost looks like a pointed sphinx cat with a little bit of hair covering on its feet very alien looking and gosh you know what are we going to do are we going to breed rex cats without tails are we going to breed rex cats with the snowshoe mittens rex cats with scottish fold ears god it could go on and on and on and really 
what we've got to do is think, is this in the best interest of the cat? Are we going to cause problems? One of the upcoming shows that we're going to have, we're going to talk about some of the breeds that people are really are really having controversies over, very controversial breeds. The munchkin breed, which is kind of the dachshund of the cats, the very short legs on the cat. Just because we can do something doesn't mean that we should. Um, go back to crossing some of the, our domestic cats with their wildcat cousins, like what happened with the Bengal. We talked about that a few shows ago as well. So I don't know whether or not you know we should do some of the stuff, but certainly the future is going to be very interesting as people find more and more mutations in their litter of cats. Well, it's been about a half hour. Sorry that we didn't get to anything from the Veterinary News Network today, but we can certainly make sure we make up for that on our next show. I hope that you all have had a good time. I know that I've had. Hope that you learned a little bit about the curly-coated cats, and we'll actually be talking about some other hair mutations on our next show. The American Curl, the American Wire Hair, the Sphinx, the Laperm. There's a lot of these breeds that we still have to cover that are just simply mutations of the hair coat itself. Go out there, have some fun, enjoy your kitties, keep them safe, and if you have any questions at all, do not hesitate to let us know. Again, Tom at PetLifeRadio.com. I've enjoyed being here. Come back next week and see us on the Catitude Channel at Pet Life Radio. Want to know what cats like to eat for breakfast? Mice Krispies, of course. Learn everything there is to know about cats on Catitude with your host, Tom Doc. Each week, we'll spotlight a cool cat breed, give up-to-date advice on cat health, and check out spiffy new cat products. So curl up on the couch every week for a perfectly enjoyable time on Catitude. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Редактор субтитров А.Семкин Корректор А.Егорова